Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Life podcast, brought to you by the Product Marketing Alliance. I'm your host, Mark Cazzini, Product Marketing Manager at Jobber. Every two weeks, I connect with PMMs all over the world about a product marketing topic of their choice. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Natasha Katzen, Product Marketing Manager at Staffbase. After starting her career in PR, Natasha switched to a more traditional marketing-focused path, first in the gaming industry, and then in the agency world, where she split time as a marketing and project manager. From there, Natasha landed her first product marketing role at JetBrains before switching to Staffbase, where she finds herself today. In her spare time, Natasha manages the PMM Underhood Twitter account, where each week she has a different guest author take over the account and share their thoughts on all things product marketing. At Staffbase, Natasha and her team offer a platform for mobile-first employee communication. They help businesses launch their own branded app for corporate communication, sharing information and mobile processes. Staffbase makes company internet accessible on the go with a dedicated mobile app. During our chat, Natasha and I discuss how product marketers can create, manage, and evolve a healthy relationship with product managers and the broader product function. From how to get off on the right foot to how to navigate disagreements, Natasha provides actionable advice that any product marketer can leverage to have product marketing and product working in complete harmony. Before I get into the episode, I've got some exciting news to share from the Product Marketing Alliance. Are you wondering how to align the product marketing function at your organization? Do your internal teams have little or no understanding of what product marketing is and the benefits you bring to the fore? Are you sick of being misunderstood? Product Marketing Alliance's brand new book, Misunderstood, features firsthand knowledge, techniques, and case studies to help you demystify product marketing, elevate the function, and gain the recognition you and fellow PMMs deserve. Learn how to effectively communicate the value you bring to key processes such as positioning, personas, segmentation, OKRs, and gain supplementary intel from the likes of Privy, G2, Hotjar, Intercom, Zendesk, Adobe, and Drift. Misunderstood is packed with takeaways that'll propel the value of your role and the overall importance of the PMM function and isn't to be missed. Get your copy at pmmalliance.co slash misunderstood. That's pmmalliance.co slash misunderstood. Hey, Natasha, how's it going? Hi, great. How are you? Good, thanks. Super excited to have you here today. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get into it then. Can you walk me through your career so far and what you and the team at SAFBASE are up to? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, my major was public relations, but I started my career as a marketing manager in a game development startup. And I worked with game development community for a few years. <laughs> then I joined a fintech startup as a marketing manager and a project manager. That might sound weird, but that's how it was. I was heavily involved in marketing products and project management. And I realized that I love being on both sides of the products. So I started to look for some role that would combine it all. And I found product marketing. It was back in 2016, like early 2016. And I feel that product marketing was not popular back then because I only saw one open position available and I applied. And that's how I became a product marketing manager and joined uh, JetBrains, my previous company. Uh, JetBrains creates tools for software developers. So I was uh, involved a lot in software development community, um, went to a lot of conferences. I was like heavily involved in that community. Uh, and I worked there for five years. It was um, exciting. Uh, but then I had some big changes that happened in my life. I moved to Canada. 
<laughs> and I joined Subways. I love it here, both at Subways and Kansas. Uh, and at Subways, we create an employee communication management platform so that internal communicators can reach their employees via different channels, mobile app, email, internet, among others. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. It's funny. I didn't realize how closely our own careers are so similar with one another. I too worked at a game studio um, in product marketing. I now work in fintech. So it's it's funny, you know, product marketers tend to come from all these different places. Everybody has their own unique journey, how they got into it. But there are times when there are some similarities between the two. And I just, who, who would have thought, and we're both in Canada, right? Like what are the odds yeah. that we just happen to have very similar paths? That's cool. Yeah. Um, great. I, I think what that speaks to is so many more companies are waking up to the value of having a product marketing role in-house, whether that's in-game development, who have had product marketing for quite some time, um, or again, more fintech-oriented firms. Software has been obviously a big proponent of having a product marketer in-house for quite some time. But just in conversations with people and seeing that product marketing is becoming a thing at more and more kind of, not necessarily niche, but industries where you wouldn't have expected it. So I always find it fascinating to hear where product marketing is popping up. Yeah, even game development, actually, it's really interesting. Uh, when I worked in game development, I haven't heard anything about product marketing. I think it didn't really exist. Uh, at least it wasn't localized. Uh, and then now I see product marketing positions everywhere in like this huge studios available. I see that in LinkedIn all the time. That's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've same. I've seen product marketing positions at you know, small independent studios, at big mobile gaming companies, at some AAA studios. So I think the gaming world has woken up to, to product marketing, which is super exciting for anybody who may have, you know, gone to business school or has a background in marketing and want to, and wants to get into games and never felt that they had the background to do it. Uh, there's never been a better time. So for anyone who's aspiring uh, gaming product marketer, now there's lots of opportunities out there. Uh, and Natasha and I are, are proof of that. Awesome. So Outside of what you do at Staffbase, you're also very busy with another side project that you manage, and that's the PMM Underhood Twitter account. Uh, would would you be able to just share a little bit more about what that is and what inspired you to start it up? Yeah, of course. Thank you for asking me about it. It's my little baby. So PMM Underhood, for those who don't know about it, it's a Twitter account where anyone can take ownership and share their product marketing experience during the week. How I came up with this idea, uh, good question. I think it was like in 2018 or 19. Uh, after working as a PMM for a few years, I realized that I really want to share my experience with someone and learn from others. And the beauty of product marketing is that it's very different in each company. Structure is different. Uh, teams are different. OKRs are different. Relationships between the uh, teams are different. So I already used similar accounts for product managers and realized that it would be really great to create this platform for PMMs and just let everyone who is interested share their experience, the way they work, and to learn from others. I just feel that it's very inspiring and can help a lot of PMMs with their careers as well because you can realize how uh, teams are structured. Anyway. The cool thing about it is that after a week, the week is over, the archive of all the posts is available on the website. So it kind of serves as a mini portfolio for uh, every PMM. Uh, I used it to share with like when I was looking for a job. Uh, and uh, it has been great so far. 
uh, although it's very difficult to look for new authors, not difficult to look for new authors, but it's very difficult to find new authors. So those who are listening, you're very welcome to participate. Please shoot me a message. Yes, please do. Uh, I, I was a guest author for a week a while back. I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Uh, and I think it just speaks to the fact that, again, because product marketing is growing and is becoming this thing at, in many different industries and at many different companies, there are new communities about product marketing popping up all the time. Obviously, the PMA has kind of been a leader in the product marketing community space for quite some time, but there are smaller pockets uh, in different places of product marketers looking to connect with one, one another and share, like you said, their own stories, their own experiences, their own questions about product marketing. And I think that's what's super exciting about you know, what you're doing with PMM under hood, it's just a different format to get those ideas out there. I think oftentimes because the PMA community is so large, if you're new to it, it can at times feel intimidating to get involved. Um, I know that's a fear that I had initially. Now look at me, obviously I'm very involved in the community. Um, but the nice thing about Twitter is because, you know, it's, it's massive. Sure. But the way that it's designed and the format, it forces you to to think and contribute differently than you would in the PMA Slack community, for example, or doing long form content. So for anybody looking for a way to get involved in the product marketing community and meet other like-minded or different product marketers, I can't recommend reaching out to Natasha enough to be a guest author because um, it's a, it was a fun experience and it, it opened my eyes up to a lot of product marketers who are very active on Twitter, who I otherwise wouldn't have been made aware of. So yeah, anyone who's looking to get involved, definitely reach out to Natasha. It's a great opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, and you're right about PMA community is uh, the coolest community I've ever participated. And uh, I even remember how we found it. It was in uh, a few years ago, maybe again, like I know it's 2018, 19. I was looking, I was looking all the time for product marketing conferences, but I could only find product management conferences. And then this thing pops up. It was a conference in San Francisco for product marketing managers. And I was like, oh my God, we need to go there. We had the team of 20 product marketing managers. And uh, I decided, so we went, it was great. I met so many PMMs I never met in my life before. That's amazing. Yeah. For anybody who's looking to meet other PMMs and having experience similar to the one that Tasha described, the PMA is always hosting events all over the world, especially now that things are starting to slowly open back up again. So for anybody listening who's thinking, I too was like Natasha and wanted to meet other product marketing managers and never had the chance to do it in person. There are tons of events going on. Definitely check out the PMA site. Look for those events um, that are near you. And if you can, find a way to get there. Uh, otherwise, I know, um, yeah, there's always stuff happening in the online space for the PMA community. Uh, and also, like I just said, uh, and we just talked about uh, Natasha's PMM underhood is another great way to, to get involved and meet other PMMs uh, on Twitter. So can't recommend that enough. Awesome. Well, let's get into the, the meat of our conversation today. And that's the relationship between product marketing and product management. I know that's a topic that gets talked about a lot. So what I, I want to dig deeper into today with you and for our listeners is this idea of how to maintain a healthy relationship between the two parties, as well as open, really productive and honest uh, lines of communication between both groups. Um, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts based on your own experiences on the relationship between product marketing and product. Uh, specifically, should product marketing sit in the marketing org or the product org? I know that's a question that gets asked a lot and is answered very differently depending on who you're asking. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, that's also the question that uh, I always ask uh, when I look for a job. It's not like I look for a job a lot, but when I looked for a job, I did ask this question a lot. Uh, I personally think 
I think that product marketing should sit with the product team. It's not a very popular opinion, but I think that it's easier to participate in product discussions in early stages of features developments and be aware of all the updates. Influence product manager's decision based on some insights like customer research, uh, competitive data, or feedback from customer facing teams. As always, though, product marketing is a separate team, so we're neither a part of marketing team nor a product team. Uh, and that also works great because we are not biased on products and try, at least try to spend equal time in sales, marketing, and products. So I really like it a lot too. Yeah, I love that approach. It's Again, not often do I hear product marketing being its own team. I think a lot of people, especially product marketers, feel strongly that that should be the case because it is such a unique beast that touches so many different departments. Obviously, like you said, most times it lives within product marketing. Sometimes it lives with product, as you just uh, outlined. And there are reasons and pros and cons for both. But I love this idea of product marketing should be its own thing in its own team. And have very close ties to marketing and product and sales and success and the leadership team. But I, I, I agree. I think it's, it's kind of its own beast that needs to have the freedom. And I like this idea of like removing the bias that being part of a larger team could introduce to the product marketing team that does need to balance a lot of different opinions and kind of oftentimes be the, the mediator in a lot of decisions um, at companies. So I really like that approach. Um, I'm, I'm sure uh, many companies will start to do that moving forward, especially as product marketing becomes bigger uh, within these orgs. I'm looking forward to that. What about your job? Yeah, great question. Um, so at Jobber, we are part of the larger uh, marketing team, but you know we do work incredibly closely with product as we do with sales and success and all the other teams. Um, but the way it was developed at Jobber, it, it started as product marketing under the, the larger marketing org and has continued to be that today. But um, in terms of like interesting evolution of the team, the lifecycle marketing team at Jobber actually grew out of their product marketing team. So we, they kind of, before I joined, birthed its own separate team. Um, uh, and I haven't heard that happen too often. So I found that interesting. So I thought I would share that, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're part of marketing and it's worked well, but as you said, there are pros and cons uh, to each. And uh, if for anybody looking uh, to decide where product marketing should fit, if they're building out a product marketing team for the first time or find themselves at a startup and, the questions are being asked, where should product marketing live? Um, I would recommend taking out uh, the PMA's new book, uh, Misunderstood, which talks to that topic specifically at length. So I uh, can't recommend that book enough either. Lots of good recommendations coming out of this conversation today. <laughs> awesome. So when starting at a new company, how have you approached establishing, evolving, or if necessary, improving the relationship between product and product marketing? What are some of the first things you try to do and get started uh, so that you get started on the right foot? First, as a PMM, I want to meet each product manager one-on-one and get to know each other, learn about their priorities, align their objectives. When I meet a new product manager, I always ask if they worked with PMMs before, ask about their previous processes, pain points, uh, share my experience, and assure them that I'm there to help them. Uh, I try to be very friendly and show them that I'm there as their partner, not someone who's always asking them about the releases all the time. Uh, then I usually check meetings, slacks, uh, wherever we have uh, for all of us, documents that we have. I get, I try to get involved in project sessions, releases, discussions. Uh, if we don't have a space to collaborate, like there is no mutual channel just for us, uh, then I create one. Um, as for like, uh, 
it, it's not always easy to see if something is not working, but after the first release, everything is very visible, so it's easier to uh, improve things. So to summarize, schedule one at once, get to know your PMs, and create a safe space to collaborate with them. Yeah, I really like that last point of creating this safe space. Uh, I think, you know, especially when you just come in and ask, have you heard of product marketing before? That's a question that I've asked product managers that I'm working with for the first time. And I'm always surprised at the variety of questions that I get. I, I get some product managers like, yep, I've worked for product marketing before. I think they're great. I know exactly what, what it is that product marketing is responsible for and the relationship between the two. I get some, I mean, I've had some product managers who are like, I've heard of it, but like, I really don't understand what it is that they do. And they're like totally honest. And, and I think that's perfectly okay to give it as an answer. And then I, you know, you get some who are, I have never heard of product marketing before. Like what, what even, I didn't even know that was a thing until you scheduled this meeting with me, or I heard that you were being brought on. And I think to bring it back to that idea of creating a safe space as a product marketer, you kind of have to be prepared for all of those different answers and have the right way to address them and respond to them and kind of coach that individual through. Obviously, someone who's worked product marketing before requires a lot less coaching than someone who's never heard of it. And I think reassuring the product manager, especially if they don't know what product marketing is, that that's okay and that a lot of people don't know what it is uh, and encouraging them to, to learn more, but also saying, hey, I will walk you through this. Like I will make sure that over the course of the next however many meetings or however many weeks that you, I will show you and I will you know, talk to you and explain to you exactly what product marketing is and the value that I can bring and also demonstrate that value. It just puts them at ease and just makes them feel like, oh, that's one less thing that I have to worry about. Like this person's going to make it easy for me to understand. I don't have to go and do, figure this out on my own. Because I think a lot of times when a role is brought into an org, there's just an assumption that everybody across the org will eventually figure out what it does. But I think as product marketers, we kind of have to take the lead and explain it a little bit more proactively because it is so new for so many people, not just product managers, but for people across the entire org. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the worst reaction would be if uh, a PMM asks a product manager if they worked with the PMMs before and they say no, and the PMM would be like, oh, how could you not know about this? <laughs> that would be like the worst re reaction and it will not help you collaborate with PM PMs uh, in the future. So just be super friendly. My advice is to be super friendly and uh, yeah, show them that you're their partner. Absolutely. Awesome. So to dive a little bit deeper there, I'm curious, what practices or processes have you found to be successful in establishing open, honest, and recurring lines of communication between product and product marketing? That's a really good question. I think that uh, over communication is important, especially for remote companies. Uh, generally, my key, I hope, this is my key, is transparency from both sides, appreciation and empathy. Actually, before, like an hour before, I had a meeting with PMs and I was like, do you feel my appreciation? <laughs> I'm preparing for this podcast. And they were like, yeah, would you feel the appreciation and the safe space? So that's great. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, most of the time I need some updates from them about some upcoming features. But I and our, my team also try to bring them some valuable information too about customer feedback, competitors, try to support them in decision-making processes. Uh, at Subways, we have a monthly meeting where we share updates from both sides. So we have a Slack channel for us. We have some private documents to collaborate with, uh, like I mentioned before. Um, if we were in the same city, because we're not, I live in Toronto and I live in Vancouver, I would definitely ask them out and get some beer together or have a dinner together just to 
establish some relationships. Um, also, I wanted to mention that from my experience, sometimes PMs can not be very open if they feel that uh, they're not sure about something. For example, uh, they're not sure that the feature will be released at that exact day, and they don't want to share it with PMs because they're afraid that then customer-facing teams will uh, know about these dates and they will promise something. So I try to let them know that they just information for me. I will not share it with customer-facing teams. I will share some approximate dates uh, and better add an extra week or two to this date. But I will not say that we're using this feature on this date specifically. Uh, and then when they feel safe, when they feel that they don't feel pressure, uh, they, um, they're more honest with you. Uh, and this is great and it was works great for collaboration. Also, I think that it's extremely important to listen to their priorities and take them into consideration. Uh, pricing and packaging would be a good example. Uh, sometimes product marketers feel pressure for sales team to introduce new packaging and pricing as soon as possible, but product teams can have different priorities at the moment. So we need to sit together, create a packaging framework and prioritize it together. Oh yeah, another thing I wanted to mention is do not forget to share wins and positive news with PMs. Because uh, most of the time, I feel that most of the time PMs are just asked about something all the time, complain about customers, complain about customer experience, but they don't share appreciation with them. And uh, it happens to me today, actually at the same meeting, uh, while we had a meeting, CSM contacted me and shares that our customer just uh, that we used to have some um, issues with them before and they just uh, shared positive feedback they says that they feel valuable that uh, they uh, see the progress uh, from our side our teams and i shared it with our product team and they were super happy about it and very motivated I love that. I, I I can't agree with you more, especially on that last point. I think oftentimes, especially because a lot of us are continuing to work remotely, we don't have those situations where you're walking by someone in the hallway or you're walking by someone's desk and you can just have that casual conversation and share like, oh, by the way, I was talking to customer XYZ and they said all these great things about this feature that you and the team just worked on. Or, oh, we've been getting really good positive feedback from the market about you know this release that you just did. And I think as, as product managers, because they're so not internally focused, obviously they have to have that customer lens, but they're so focused on meeting timelines, making sure that things are working properly, making sure that things are properly scoped, that they don't often have the time to hear what the customers are actually saying about the work that they're doing. They obviously get internal reassurances from their leaders and from the company when things go well about like, you guys hit you know, you hit the release date or this is exciting. Customers will love this, but they don't actually get the, the that actual love, you know, from the yeah. customers directly. So I think it's a huge way for product marketing marketers to, to build that rapport is to be the funnel through which that positive feedback can flow. Um, even if something that you do once a quarter, a couple of times a, a month, I don't know, it doesn't have to be on a set schedule, but whenever you do get that feedback to share with the product managers, I, I agree. I think that would go such a long way and making them feel appreciated and also appreciating product marketing for being the team through which that information is being shared. Actually, it's a very good point about remote work. I think I didn't even think about this before, like when I worked at the office before COVID and before all of this, uh, because 
yeah, you're right. I just shared everything like on my way to the office, like when we had coffee together, I just shared it all with them because uh, it was uh, part of our job, I guess. Uh, but now, usually when we have meetings, we have an agenda and it's not part of the agenda to share something. We just like to stop for a second and to share appreciation and talk about this. So this is super important because I saw the smiles today and I was like, oh yeah, I really, really need to mention that at the podcast today. Absolutely. And even especially for the devs on that PM's team to like, to get that feedback about the work that they're literally doing. Like, I think as as individuals and as professionals, you know, we want validation. We want positive feedback to know that we're doing a good job. And as a developer, I would imagine oftentimes the feedback that you get is, it, is your code working as it should? Is it efficient? Is it being delivered on time with as few bucks as possible? But they, you don't get that input of like, how is this actually affecting the lives of the customers and making their day-to-day easier or delighting customers? That's been a real focus uh, more recently um, again, speaking at my role at Jobber, specifically with fintech, is having this lens of like, how are we delighting our customers through our financial solutions? And I think that's such an important way to, to share that delight back to the people making that delight possible is critical. Um, the other thing that you said, just to, again, go back to your answer that I think was super powerful, was, was setting up those one-on-ones. I know it seems so obvious, and most people have regular one-on-ones with their people leader or their teams if they have direct reports. But setting up regular one-on-ones with your product manager is so critical to obviously being informed of what's going on, but also forming that personal relationship. I I literally just had a one-on-one with a a product manager who was new to our team. And we just talked about fintech and about our lives and about what we had going on for the long weekend um, because that PM's team didn't have anything customer-facing going out at the moment. And it was just a productive conversation just like to get to know that person, to reconnect with them because I hadn't talked to them in a while. Um, and just like be better colleagues, it goes, it goes so far. And again, this idea of, of hybrid work, um, because we're not seeing each other as often as we would, if at all face-to-face, like having those scheduled one-on-ones in a calendar with the PM, um, on a regular basis, it can just go so far in, in establishing a positive relationship between not just the two individuals, but the two teams. Awesome. So on this idea of a relationship, there's obviously the positive sides of things that we, we've been talking to, but there can also be some, some rocky moments. And I think in any good relationship, there's a healthy amount of disagreements, right? Like no one's relationship is perfect. You're never going to see eye to eye on every single thing. I know that's the case with myself and my wife. Uh, we love each other to, to bits, but there are times where we disagree and that's perfectly okay. Um, and sometimes when it comes to relationship between product marketing and product, the disagreements can be pretty small and trivial. Other times they can be quite significant, especially when topics like roadmap come into play, or as you said earlier, pricing and packaging. So I'm curious, have you ever had to approach disagreements in opinion, strategy, or tactics between product marketing and product? And and how have you navigated those disagreements? Uh, Yeah, sure. Relationships are never perfect here, right? Uh, I feel that it's always a good tactic to ask ourselves why in those disagreements and arguments. And I have a few examples. It will be easier to answer this question with those examples, I think. So uh, once I asked a PM to share the release date for a specific feature one month in advance, because I knew that I would need some time to uh, prepare, to enable teams, uh, to prepare external materials and so on. 
they only shared uh, the information with me one week in advance. So from my side, I didn't have enough time to enable sales. And because of that, we lost a really big deal. So after that, retrospectively, I shared this uh, with that PM and I shared how much uh, revenue we could have made and we didn't made, make it. Uh, and it made them realize that it's not just my wish out of nowhere uh, to learn about upcoming things and events. It's actually, uh, we can actually lose customers or prospects because of those mistakes. So have this example, share the example with them. And uh, uh, yeah, I try to show them in numbers or, or have some data uh, and it, it helps a lot. Or another example would be, uh, I had disagreements once uh, with the product manager about how one feature should work. Uh, PMMs are usually not that deeply involved, but uh, I love to be involved in product uh, decisions. Uh, and when they feel that it's safe to involve me, they also uh, ask me to participate. Anyway, we agreed to have some customer interviews, analyze how the feature was done by our competitors and um, the results helped with the agreements and we found a better solution to build that functionality. So just, I think so is not the arguments but sharing data, finding compromise should help resolve any conflict. Yeah, hundred percent. I always, I always find that those functionality disagreements tend to come up at like, at least for products, sometimes the most inopportune time. I, I worked at a company previously where product managers would come to meetings with, you know, the leadership team to present what their teams were working on, and they would typically bring, um, you know, um, wireframes with minimal functionality, and some of that would already be pretty far along in development. And they'd always get feedback around, oh, well, what if you did this? Or what if you did this? Or, oh, wouldn't it be better if we tried this? And I would always feel so bad for the, for the PM because they would leave that meeting feeling like, well, some of this stuff is already done. Like we can't, you're talking about changes that would make this release pushed out weeks, months, maybe even quarters. And it's never a good situation to, to be in. And it can obviously create a lot of stress for the PM. So I, I agree with you, like from a product marketer's perspective, when you have those functionality conversations, it's important to bring not objective because there's a lot of subjectivity involved in functionality, but at least benchmarks and touch points and, and a point of view that's based in something beyond just opinion um, that helps make that argument that much stronger. Um, you know, I think there's always multiple ways that products can be designed. There's no right or wrong. Obviously there's well, I shouldn't say there's no right or wrong. There's definitely a wrong way to develop a, a product and, and roll out a feature. Um, but there's always varying shades of right. And I think ultimately, as a product marketing manager, as a product manager, at the end of the day, you just want to get to what's best for the customer, right? Um, and how you do that and how you share those opinions is important to maintaining that positive relationship. Because I agree, if, if you just go to the PM all the time and say, well, I think, and oh, well, I've heard anecdotally that this would be better, you're not going to go far if it get very far in building that trust and that authority and that subject matter expertise that a product manager is going to rely on you for when making decisions around functionality. So I agree your, your tips are, are very uh, helpful and I'm sure a lot of um, listeners will, will kind of take those to heart and, and make sure that they're coming to those conversations prepared with either data as you use in your first example or, you know, less subjective, more objective um insights around how, how things should function. 
Yeah, also something that you mentioned about experience and customer experience. Uh, our goal, like our main goal with as a company is to bring the best experience to our customers. And that is something we, all of us need to keep in our heads because uh, when you have those disagreements, you can sometimes bring something personal or just because you're like this or that, or you saw something like you always need to think about the customers. That is something that sounds very, uh, maybe basic, but that is something that we forget sometimes. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, th I think it's important to understand too, and you mentioned this earlier about the why and seeing it from the other person's perspective. If you think about on some, not all product teams, but on some product teams, designers, developers, they don't often get the chance to do benchmarking, use competing apps, talk to customers, see what, you know, how, how a customer might ultimately use their product. And, and you know, you, you could talk all day about why that might be right, right or wrong. Um, but what that does is it, it forces them to work in kind of like a silo where they're focusing on, well, what do I think looks correct from design principles that I've learned in my career or in my education or just by using other apps or other software or, you know, insert solution of choice or from a development perspective, is this functionally correct? And does it do the thing I was told to make it do? But sometimes what can be missed is that customer lens. How is the customer going to use it? How are they going to have to interact with it? And how is it, again, going to make their lives easier? So as a PMM, it's important to bring that lens to that conversation. And again, we talked about providing wins and positive feedback. You also have to be that lens of, we talk about all the time, like the voice of the customer. And in the context of product, it's that how is the product going to use, or how is the customer going to use and benefit from the product? And how are we ensuring that the product as it's being designed benefits the customer and makes their experience easier? And coming to it from that perspective takes away that idea of, well, this is just, you know, Mark and product marketing saying he thinks this is the best way to do it versus this is what the customer is expecting, what they want and how they want it to work. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, and collaboration is the key. Sometimes I wonder when I see some mistakes in marketing or product marketing ways uh, with some companies, I wonder, is that because it was a marketing mistake or is that because it was a collaboration mistake? Like sometimes I know I remember one thing uh, last year, my company, I'm not going to say names, they uh, sent push notifications to everyone about some uh, upcoming uh, sale. And I was so excited. I opened it. I opened that push notification and uh, it was only available in the States. And I was like, oh, well. Uh, and I wonder, did product managers tell product marketing managers about that? Did they know about the original sale? Uh, or was it just a marketing mistake? So it's like super important to think about this. Cases. Absolutely. The dreaded, oh no, I sent this to the wrong group feeling that every marketer goes through at least once in their career. I've been there. <laughs> Hate to admit it, but yeah, that's not a good feeling. And you're right, right? If if all teams are collaborating effectively, typically those uh, mistakes are avoided, but it does happen. And, and obviously having a strong relationship yeah, with sure. product minimizes the chances of, of those taking place. So, so absolutely. Awesome. Well, Natasha, this has been great. We're already at our last question, if you can believe it. We've, we've kind of blown through our conversation, which is great. It's, I've really enjoyed it thus far. But before I let you go, I will ask that last question. And as I've said in previous podcasts, it's one I ask all of my guests. And it's, if you could be a product marketer at any company in the world for any product or service that they offer, uh, which solution would you choose and why? Uh, well, it's a great question. I don't want to use names because companies are evolving and changing all the time. 
but I always want, uh, I al always only choose to work with products that I think are meaningful and valuable. And by that, I mean those products that make people's life easier, save their time, improve their processes, and so on. Uh, and I prefer to work in B2B. People don't usually talk about this a lot, but I also feel that we have to look after ourselves, especially women, because on based on the researchers, we're still paid lower than men, unfortunately. So another important thing is that I need to be paid well to support myself. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's a topic that we don't talk as openly as, as I think we probably could and should, especially when it comes to equal pay for not just women, but for other underrepresented uh, groups, you know, I, as a, as a straight white male, I'm, I'm trying to be more aware of my own privilege and, and how that impacts has impacted my career progression and what I can do to ensure that others who don't have that same privilege uh, for, for whatever reason, whether it's just by sheer chance or by, you know, structural um, injustice that we are becoming more aware of as, as a society. Um, and that's an important conversation to have. And I think we oftentimes as individuals are pressured not to to think about ourselves and our own value and think like, well, I should just be grateful that I have a job. I think if, especially in the time of right now, when yeah. we are seeing companies lay off people, sadly, um, on mass in certain situations. But I do think we have to recognize that like we have a value that we contribute to the company and we should be compensated fairly for that. So I agree. I don't think there's anything wrong with choosing a place to work based on the compensation and how you're being um, valued either monetarily or by the title that you're given or the work that you're um, offered to do. So I think, I think that's an important call out for sure. The, the other thing that I like that you said um, is I think oftentimes as, as marketers and product marketers more specifically, you don't get into a thing like I'm going to be a B2B product marketer, right? Like you always think like, I'm going to work for the Nikes of the world or the apples of the world. And I want to work with B2C marketing. And that's where like the fun and exciting work is. But I think if anything, over the past several years, because of the explosion of product marketing, people are waking up to the fact that like B2B marketing and specifically B2B product marketing is fun and it's challenging and it can be creative. It can be dynamic just as much as B2C product marketing and marketing more broadly can be. So I like that you've touched on that. And the other reason why I want to highlight that is because I remember in my undergraduate program, we had a B2B marketing course and no, very few people enrolled in it as an elective because everyone thought like, well, I'm going to get into advertising or I'm going to get into consumer packaged goods. And I'm going to get into B2C marketing because that's where all the fun and all the money is. And I took that course and not only was the professor phenomenal, but I use way more learnings from that course in my day to day than I do from any of the advertising courses that I took in school, any of the, you know, fun, I use air brackets, listeners can't see me doing it, but you know, like the fun B2C uh, marketing uh, stuff that I took in school. Um, so yeah, I, I love that answer. I, I think more people as they're exploring their career, especially if they're still in school or, or figuring out their next step, should strongly look at B2B marketing and more specifically product marketing as a very challenging and rewarding career path. Oh, for sure. I honestly love B2B. And I'm very, I, I'm always excited about upcoming features for the tools that I use. And I can't imagine my life without those tools that I daily use, like I don't know, Google Docs or Slack or Gone or uh, HighSpot, HubSpot, so many tools that I use. And I think there are more tools that I use for work than for my personal life. And this is all B2B space. Uh, and I'm, like I said, I'm very excited about the upcoming features. I'm subscribed to all the newsletters uh, and I check all the updates all the time because those features actually make my life easier. 
So I love it. hundred percent, especially when you take in the context, how much of your day-to-day you spend working, any tool that's going to help make that experience easier, more efficient goes a lot longer of a way than like seeing the latest ad from again, like Nike, Apple, buying the newest pair of shoes or, you know, maybe less so for Apple because so much of what they do is productivity. But regardless, I agree the, the tools that we use um, for our work can make or break the job sometimes. So there's always exciting stuff happening in the B2B space. So awesome. Well, listen, Natasha, that was it. I will let you go. This has been a fantastic conversation. Um, again, I just want to reiterate for anybody looking to get more involved in the product marketing community, whether that's through the PMA or elsewhere, definitely check out um, PMM under hood, Natasha's Twitter account that she runs. If you're interested in being a co-author, feel free to reach out to her directly. And on that note, before I let you go, Natasha, what is the best way for someone who might be looking to get involved with that uh, to reach out to you? Uh, Just send me a message on Twitter. Uh, I think this is the best way to contact me or mention me anywhere. Uh, Also LinkedIn. Yeah, I forgot about LinkedIn. (laughs) Message me on Twitter or LinkedIn. Awesome. And I'm sure you will get uh, quite a few people reaching out to you after this to to participate. So I'm excited to keep an eye on that uh, Twitter account myself for the coming months. Awesome. Well, great. This has been awesome, Natasha. I will let you go. Enjoy um, everything that you're doing um, at SafeBase. And I'm sure we'll be in touch again soon. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer, and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic, or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are.